Ooh, bud, this is going to be a different one, ain't it? This is going to uh-huh. hit a little bit different this week. <sighs> oh, you can't just not Hold suck. On. You can't just like, you can't just be like, exhale. <laughs> it's going to be hard. It's going to be a it's difficult be hard. one, I know. <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time. It's time, it's time for the best damn show of all time featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I'm talking about he, the B to the L-A-K-E. It is my best friend, Blake Tanner. And my buddy of, uh, God, how many years have we known each other now? Two. Almost ten? Fuck, too fucking fucking many. Too fucking many, piece of shit. (laughs) Eat my ass. That's the ass, Scotty Moore. So this one's different this week, ain't it, bud? Um, yeah, it's been... And and for a lot of reasons. I know that uh, the average listener would think that we're talking about something else. <laughs> well, no, because we sound sad. And I think we've already kind of set up our vibe that we we honestly should... In fact, um, I, I initially was like... My idea for this week would be just a giant party <laughs> and how we would do this giant Aaron's party come get it. Um, but no, uh, something in our own personal lives kind of took precedent over that because a, a lot of people lo- lost a lot of people last week. Um, the Night Attack crew, Brian recently lost his, br- he lost his brother on election day, um, was Sean Connery before last week? I believe Sean he was Con- like a week or so ago. Not not that long. Within the last two weeks. I believe it was about three days after we recorded the episode of Fun Fiction on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Um, and then, of course, Alex Trebek. But for me and Blake personally, um, we, we lost somebody who... Um, uh, this show wouldn't fucking exist if it wasn't for her, which is a little bit buck wild to say, because uh-huh. I definitely don't want us to be her legacy. <laughs> I don't want this to be like, what did, oh, what did she do? Oh, these two fucks talk about fucking the moon every once in a while. <laughs> Listen, I, I do great things to carry on that theatrical legacy that she and all of our professors at the college we went to embolden in us. But, um, of course, uh, uh, a professor in the theater department at uh, our alma mater passed away um, the night before the election, I believe. Yeah, we found out the day of the election. So it was like I woke up and was like, all right, let's go vote for Biden. Then got back home and went, oh, fuck. I, yeah, I found out about it. You told me. And it was right after I got finished voting. And I knew something was bad because we normally talk in all caps and you didn't. <laughs> you piece of shit. You don't have to air out our dirty laundry like that where I'm like... Fuck, I can't all caps this. I'm gonna have to go into the lowercase. I want you to know, like, how how scary that was of a moment for me. Because I knew <laughs> something terrible had happened. I'd be 100% serious right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, like... Uh, well, she, she was our voice teacher. Her name was Marlene Johnson. And when you tell normal people i took a voice class they're like oh so you can sing no this is just how to talk and when normal people tried to take her voice class wanting to learn how to sing she (laughs) told them no this is just how to talk slapped them down slapped them the fuck down you know how many times she would she loved telling stories about how many times non-theater majors would try to take that class and she's like (laughs) listen honey this is this is one for the majors yeah. I, I don't think you should be here. Um, <laughs> you don't. You've not earned this, and it's. I. I. And I say this with a hundred percent truth. I don't think she was teaching us to be actors. She was teaching us how to be people, 
and that's a hundred and ten percent the truth because there will be like every other thing we learned I, we think about when we are in that field so like i think about lee shackleford I, I think about his classes when specifically i'm writing we think about dennis specifically when we're acting but like there will be days where I'm just sitting here like, I need to get on the ground, do a little bit of Marlene work. Like, I don't know if you can see behind me. No, because my camera's the wrong fucking direction. But I have, like, a yoga mat specifically set up. So, like, like literally, I was watching Raw and just said, you know what? Nah, fuck it. I just need to get in get in a little bit of Marlene work right now. <laughs> I um, I, Her warm-ups and, like, her teaching was as instrumental as me who is still doing uh, acting on a community level just on my day-to-day life. And she even taught you things like uh, how correcting your posture could be as simple as just realizing where your spine is and how you're carrying and holding yourself and what just what, how is your neck pivoting? How, what direction is, um, like... What, you, what direction are you looking in? Can you invite yourself to actually elongate your neck so you're not compressing your spine into oblivion so, you'll, yeah. so you won't be a hunchback when you're 75 years old? I mean, it would be things like that. Or it would even be just like uh, breaking stereotypes and social norms, how you are taught to be quiet by society and you are forced into like losing your own voice to the point that you can become like just a, a scrabbly, scratchy voiced, uh, like, you know, just even... like this. And it's not your real voice. And if you find your real voice and power, you find power in yourself. And like, I remember she said a, so many things that impacted me, but especially when Ripley was born, it took me back to when she was talking about like vocal fry begins in literally as a baby because you'll be babies are fucking loud dude like babies are loud as shit and she goes too many children have their parents be like no you need to shut up you need to be quiet don't and that forces them to lose their voice and so now with ripley i don't give a fuck if she's loud i'm like no 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 please let your voice be heard let it let it come out i um should we start at the beginning because for for me Quick, quickly to your point though, it's amazing how loud babies are for how tiny they are. That's uh-huh. the true power of like what a human voice and lungs can do. Uh, not only when they're just like you know fresh into the world, but you can carry so much of that into the rest of your life and it's yeah. like beat out of you. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I remember the there are two things I really took away. One was. She was teaching us. Firstly, you were talking about the posture, like elongating your neck. She would, that wasn't just in her classroom, like in between classes, she would come out into our little, like, little green room area and, like, sneak up on motherfuckers and be like, lift that head or I will cut your head off. I'm like, damn. So, like, I, 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 Lee Lee actually wrote something really beautiful, a poem about her, and she he said that even though she's gone, he still feels her hand on the back of his neck, inviting that length. And I was like, "Fuck! How can I write something better than that? You piece of shit! Um, you can't." That actually made me tear up. Like that got me extremely emotional because I did just like I had that exact same feeling right here. I I re- realized like it was like. When she would come behind you, or you know, she'd say your name or something, and she'd say, "Can I, can I please help you?" And please. She'd been, <laughs> then, like, I, I mean, I would always just say yes, of course. And then she'd like, "Where's your neck at right now?" She touched the back of my neck, and I'd realize, oh, I, my entire—I've just been staring down at the floor this entire time. <laughs> my entire time. being. My entire <laughs> life. And then, like, I, I, like, she would invite you to come into your back, like, because a lot of us forget we have a fucking back. We live forward for so long, we forget we have this entire support structure behind us that's entirely designed to keep us upright and keep us working right, and we all forget we have it, and she invited us to remember it. But um, sh- there's two big things from her. One was 
it she was during one of her posture classes and it was during the time when i had first started working out and first kind of came into my realizing how a body is supposed to move and so i was like oh yeah no i got posture down motherfucker here we go and she just looks at me and she just kind of like shakes her head and pats my chest and goes let the soldier go because i had my chest puffs out and i was like what do, you, what do you mean? That's what I've... And she's like, no, 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 let the soldier go, which I understand what she meant in the moment. It was just like, hey, your chest doesn't need to be like that. You're, but also it was like a fucking personal thing of like, it's okay. You can let like all of these rigid thoughts go. You can let all of this kind of like... Because I, I don't even know if I've talked about this on the show, but for a long time, I know this sounds fucking crazy, but I had like a little voice in my head and it was a drill sergeant. And if I was afraid to do something, he would crank in and be like, no, fucking do it. Go fucking do that, pussy. Go do that, you coward. And finally she was like, no, just let that go. Just be you. And I was like, okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, her her own. The uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because um, to the point of inner voices, like, she helped take over that inner voice that that would be the inner critic a lot of times and even now like i'll when i know that i'm and i'm not gonna say when i'm doing something wrong because she would hate if i said that but if, if you I, said it was like, wrong and you said you were sorry and then she'd be like say sorry one more time, time motherfucker. motherfucker um but it, just say it, it's not wrong. It's just where you are right now. Where can you be in the next few seconds? Where can you bring yourself yeah. that can be a better a better and more stable position for your breath, for your body, and for your entire life? Um, I remember um, this was actually after I graduated just a couple years ago. Uh, she consulted with us on a production of a show that we're doing called Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Dead um, dog play. Dead dog play, motherfucker. Dead dog play. Yeah. And she helped with uh, not only everybody's accent work, because she did a lot of accent work as well. She was a catch-all voice, body movement, and um, accent teacher. Um, but she helped us on our accents, but she helped me with my character specifically, because I... Okay, if I were ever to describe this character to you, I think the best way that I would describe it is he's got a lot of Abed from Community, and he's very British boy. Special Toby, I believe, was what we dubbed him? Per I believe so. The special His rat Toby. was named Toby, but like that was... <laughs> but here in, in BS World, we were like, no, that's Special Toby the Rat Boy. Um, but uh, she... And I sat for, fuck, over an hour after that rehearsal, I think, and just talking about the character that I was try was wanted to embody. And she said, I, I can see where you're worrying. I can see where you're holding yourself back. And it's all right to let yourself go to lose those inhibitions because your character does not have those inhibitions. He doesn't understand what they are. He is truly a shameless person and he would just go all out. So you are invited now to become that shameless person and to find what it's like to live in a world without your anxieties. And that was one of the most fucking profound things that I think we ever talked about. And that was the last time she ever helped me on a production, but she was just the, the exact same as if I was taking a class with her. See, with me, I think the last time was um, when I was in the fucking vibrator play <laughs> because for I was like, it's my last year at college. I need a role on the main stage and UAB theater said, sure, but you're going to get fucked in the ass by a dildo. And I said, I'll take it. I will take this. And that's and, true. And uh, my character, we decided, I, I don't know why. I guess it was because they we looked it up and it was like the most intelligent sounding accent. And it was someone from up uh, like a Northern England, which is, it's so fucking difficult because it's like, 
it's almost Irish, yep. but it's also almost British. And so she would help me through this whole thing. She gave me like full spreadsheets of like, this is pronounced with like this inflection. This is how this sounds. And I was just sitting here like, this is a lot, but I can do it. And she goes, I, okay, I believe in you. And for if me- If you remember correctly, there's a little bit of Scrooge McDuck in there. It's a, li- a little, well- a little no, like- I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to remember the exact accent I used, but it was close to this because it's got a little bit of Scrooge McDuck, and I believe everybody thought I was Irish, and I was like, no motherfucker. And after every single show, she would come to me and be like, say banana. And I'm like, is that even a line I say? She's like, say it. I'm like, banana. She's like, no, that's not how it's said. Let me take you through and show you how to say banana. Oh, a fun, uh, fun, uh, little thing. There are some, like, when, when she was working with me, I was doing, uh, kind of a standard, uh, a little RP British accent, but, uh, a little less and not as, uh, proper. Um, but, um, she, I, I was saying, I, I would say, I can't remember. No, it was the word rat. Um, and the word rat in an English dialect is most of the times just rat. It's not rot. It's not Rit. anything else. It's rat. Yeah. Ah, 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 ah. And the, it's those little things that she would always pick up on, or she'd say, now hold on, you want to do what? Because that sentence, I, I didn't understand what you wanted to do because you didn't pick out anything in that sentence to really hit, to really, uh, you know, fi- find a uh, an operative on. What do you, you want a what? You want a what? You want a what? How many times did she do that to you? Say because it was a lot. Say one again, motherfucker. Say one again. All that makes me think of, and we, we talked about this the day of, but it's the day we were all doing different monologues, and I started doing mine, and she just looked up at me and kept doing the what, and I had to keep restarting for about five times, and then finally I just looked at I said, son of a bitch, Marlene, and she goes, yes. Yes, that's it. That's it. That's what I want. That's what I I want you here because you're in your fucking head. And I'm like, oh, you're right. And so then I just did it without thinking and it helped so much. But no, if if we go back to the beginning, I don't know how you were in her classes. But for me, the first year, and I'm sure it is for a lot of people, is arduous because the first thing she talks about is like you need to trust the process. You need to trust what you've learned and trust that it's going to be doing what it needs to do in your body. Mm-hmm. Which and is just a great, like, I've realized after all this time that trust the process is just a way to yeah. disguise trust yourself. Yeah. And I remember the first first semester with her, it was a whole lot of, you know, body exercises. It was a whole lot of finding ways to open up your hips, ways to improve your posture, ways to take all of these things that we are pre-programmed to tighten up and then force them to loosen. And I, I remember uh, I, I remember being like, this class is bullshit. And then I didn't take it. I didn't take it the second semester of freshman year because so, I was like, I, I've got it out of the way. The class is bullshit, whatever. We, and we then- actually took it both of us our second semester of freshman year but you didn't take it yeah in the fall because um if i can interject with a fun fun story about our final exam for freshman year if you remember what happened the night before um was that when we were up until about five o'clock in the morning and then you drunk you were not drunk but you were so tired that I had to basically one arm carry you like I'm walking you out of a flaming building back to the dorm room. And I don't remember any of that. And the most amazing thing is when I just like, I was so tired when I went into that final that I just felt I am just going to do this and I'm just going to be here because if I'm anywhere else, I wouldn't even be able to concentrate on it. And I did really good in that class. um, (laughs) Hold on. Can I quickly interject with the best part of that story, which was I said, I'm 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 too wired. I can't go to sleep. So I said, okay, and I laid you. I, I, I didn't lay you in the bed, but I was just like, there you go, buddy. And then I sat you down in the bed, then went back in the living room, I'm fairly sure, 
to watch Price is Right or some shit because it was that fucking, or like how long we had stayed up. And then approximately two minutes later, you stumble out into the living room, look at me, and just go, how did I get here? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I had no memory of that. Like the last thing I remembered was laying down on the couch in our little uh, study area, our um, lounge uh, in the theater department. And then I just woke up in your room and it was, yeah. um, I have never sleepwalked before, but that was, that was the college equivalent of falling asleep. Like when you, you're just telling your parents that you're staying up all night in the living room and then waking up in your bed. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember doing one Marlene exercise. I can't remember what it was. And, like, that's the thing is the changes they make are so minute but so powerful that, like, the minute you notice them, you're like, oh, fuck, I get it now. Like, the best one for me, and it's going to be hard because this is an audio medium, but I'll, I'll show you so you can remember, is a – what it was was you would swing your arm, like, clockwise – and then at the end of it, your arms would feel longer because you've worked out the muscles. It's really loosened it. And but your arms after, would be longer. Yeah. But then you would hold up your arm and basically turn at the waist. And then you would do that a few times, then start turning your neck with it. Then you would start turning all parts of your body. And eventually, like that, those were the ones that were the most impactful because you could literally see the difference. You could see the fact that your arm would only stretch out, like if we're doing it in my room, stretch back to the TV. But then it would suddenly stretch back to a whole nother fucking wall. And I'm like... Where is this coming from in me? And she would just be like, it's been there the whole fucking time. You just haven't opened that up yet. Yeah, it's just like, you just, you're just you just starting to, like, relax muscles that have been tightened for years. Um, yeah. And that was another thing. Awareness. Just awareness, both spatially and internally. Like, awareness of your body, where you are right now. Where are you, uh, where are you tensing your muscles at? Where can you release that tension and actually feel a lot better because you're not constantly tensing up as if there's a terrible situation about to happen and or, then, you know, walking uh, in the proper way or whatever. And then also finding a way to live in what you've made because it's very easy for us to get relaxed and stand back up and be like, all right, that's over. But then she, as we stand, she'd be like, walk around the room. In the first semester, she'd be like, okay, whatever. The second one, she was like, now can you walk like normal ass people and not voice zombies? Because that's what we would do. We'd all stand up, be like, oh, my body feels very good. I'm going to do nothing right now to try to try to undo, unfuck what I, or fuck up what I just unfucked. And then finally, she'd be like, hey. You're still a fucking living person inside this shell. Can you please wake the fuck up? And then we'd all start looking at each other and we'd see everybody living in who they are and see what joy it sparked. And we'd all just end up fucking laughing at each other because we're like, holy shit, that's I ain't never seen that out of you before. Yep. Um, also, by the way, y'all, if you haven't noticed, this is not going to be a normal episode. Um, we're just. We're kind of like, we need this right now. Um, yeah. Did you ever cry in one of her classes? Um, I'm a hard cry no matter what. Like, even when I found out she passed, like, I didn't cry, which might also add into why it's still fucking with me, is that I haven't had the emotional release. It Our was friend just Mark a... said the same thing the other night when I was hanging out with him, so I understand, because it's yeah, been it, a lot. It was just me sitting there like, fuck! Fuck! Shit! I, I remember when I found out from you, and the- Which, by the- know. Fuck, fuck you for making me have to do that! That's the hardest shit I've ever had to do in my entire <laughs> fucking life, and you made me do it! I was tempted to make up a lie. I was tempted to make up some bull. Like, hey, bud, something's going wrong. What is it? Ah, oh, fuck. I have to be the one to say it. Um, uh-huh. Ma oh, man, because you, you asked me if I heard. 
And what so I happened. was just like, and I was kind of, I was like, fucking Taco Bell fucked up the menu again, man. They took some more shit off. Just because I didn't want to be that person. Um, but yeah, that was um, that coupled with the stress of literally going to vote and having one of the most stressful election days possible. Yeah. I was a nervous wreck for most of it anyway, and I was for days afterwards. Um, not only because uh, it was hard to watch all of the results come in for days, but it was also hard with that taking precedence because almost every time I would get over like whatever anxiety I was able to disconnect from it, I I would think about Marlene and the fact that she had passed, and that was just a whole new level of personal sadness added on top of all of this yeah so it was a terrible week it was um, a really bad week i remember that night and honestly uh same thing th- uh, tonight I got, oh i almost got blackout drunk that night by the way because i was watching election, election. results and like i was just not in a good place well, I remember because, like, obviously I've been booze-free, sugar-free for a while, and I was just sitting there, and I don't have much to eat at my house. I usually eat over here at the office. And so I remember looking down and just being like, man, fucking tacos would be good right now. Or maybe, and I can't even remember what I ended up getting, but I, re- I literally heard her voice in my head be like, you're going through a fucking lot right now, bud. You're good. You're good. Because, like, that's the kind of person she would be is, like, she understood. She would understand no matter what. And she would be, like, you don't have to keep torturing yourself. Like, it's only for one day. You're good. And so that's, like, that's kind of where I've been at. Like, and once again, she was right. Very next day, I went back to keto. I went back to everything. But, like, that day, I needed something. And it wasn't until I heard her in my head go, you're fucking good, dude. Because that's just another form of that drill sergeant, you know? Yeah. Um, And she's just coming to say, it's all right, because you are keeping this tension by trying so hard. Sometimes... You, you need to release that um, being a good student. That's what she always called it. Stop trying to be a good student. Stop trying to end game this. Yeah. Because if you try to end game, if you try to play the yeah. piano without learning Fuck. your scales, then Fuck you're Avengers. never going to play That's it. That's the real end game, motherfucker. Fuck the Avengers. Uh, God, her, uh, do you, uh, her fucking do, piano do, metaphor was always... Yeah. Like, I I still think about it because it's it's not like it's a completely new revelation, but it is one that she hit so hard that I'm like, it is one of the biggest truths of my life. I can't walk unless I crawl. Do you remember? I don't even know if you were in this class with me the day she made us all look like crazy people because we were learning. Um. Oh, God, what were the... It was action something. Action verbs? No. Oh, no, it was action... um, Effort actions. Effort actions, which essentially is where... um, And this is a more advanced vocal technique, but I will try to give you guys a quick rundown for the people who don't know how how acting. Um, But essentially, it's a way of thinking about the way you speak. So there was, like, a shove... And if somebody's talking like shove, it's going to, their voice is going to give off the impression of a shove. Or then there was like blow, which was a lot, and it might not be called blow. It is a lot more gentle, but it feels like a breeze. And so mm-hmm. it's she a was glide is what you're talking glide, about. Yeah. So the, these are the Laban effort actions, basically yeah. uh, things like, uh, there's like, uh, what? which way you're moving in? Is it a heavy or a light action? So heavy actions come down here, and they're very impactful, while light actions are very, uh, yeah. almost sprite-like. And it's things like that. It has speed as part of it, and each one of these, there are eight or nine different actions, and each one of them has a very different... Um, archetype that is associated with it so oh we oh motherfucker you know we gotta talk about archetypes in a few minutes but no we uh she was she was enforcing those in us through 
probably the best speech to do it with, which is, of course, from King Lear, blow winds and crack your cheeks, rage, blow. And it's a, it's, it literally almost has the effort actions written into them. But she was sitting there like, you know what? It's hot in here. Let's go outside. So now we're out on the fucking green. What? I was in that class. I remember that one because we were doing that. Didn't we also do that with Oedipus? I, we might have, but motherfucker, there are oh. business students just trying to go learn <laughs> about marketing and shit behind us as we're all like, right oh, business and crack your cheeks. We're like screaming because like, obviously, since we're inside a classroom, we're all trying to be some way inside voicey and she's like fuck it we're going outside you're gonna say this shit to the clouds because it was already like a stormy day yeah because the reason we were doing that uh we did do Lear in that one but we were also learning these uh this greek monologue and she was like okay listen y'all guess what the greeks didn't have indoor theater we're going outside it's a beautiful day we're gonna fucking learn how they did it old school yeah, fuck you nerds, we're going outside. <laughs> About to do this shit this way. Um, oh, another thing that I loved is uh, her outlook on using, like, curse words in uh, theater and in real life. Because in, in a theatrical sense, when you are given the ability to say fuck, it is, yeah. a, it is a golden key that you don't, do not get a lot of. <laughs> And she and uh, Marlene would always say, don't fall into the trap of pus and spiders, because if you're talking about these things or you're saying something that is uh, kind of evil or kind of dark or that you really, really, really want to hit, you're going to make it sound like you're going to just put so much effort into it. You're going to cut your entire body off because you want to say pus and spiders and fuck. And she says, no, don't make that. You're operative. Let it season. Don't over-season the main dish. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Shit. Fuck. There's just so many good stories. Like, I, I remember the the last time I saw her, and I don't know if you were with me for this, but I went up, and uh, while we were in school is when she found out she had breast cancer, and then she kicked its ass, came back. um, And, of course, uh, eventually that battle led us to where we are now. Um, But I, I remember because of that, she kind of got a little... You, you know, you get a little bit weaker looking, and that's... Internally? And I mean, of course, she... <laughs> She uh, also had her own complex of dealing with losing her hair, things like that. Oh, I didn't know about that one. Um, wh- the day she good. stopped wearing her wig was like her big day of empowerment that was That's very great. important. Um, but I remember the last time I saw her, she was she was a little bit more frail looking and I was a little bit worried. So I walked up and I hugged her, but I gave her that, are you okay? I love you hug. And I backed away and she looked at me like I had just shot her dog and uh-huh. said, hug me like a man, you motherfucker. And I said, okay, fine. And then I came in and I tested the limit. I was like, let's let's fucking take him down. And I just gave her the biggest hug. I, and I, I am forever fucking grateful to her for, like, I don't know if she knew that was the last time she was gonna see me but i am very grateful to her for saying like if this is you're gonna be mad that you didn't hug me like that and so yeah i'm super grateful for that right and i i i completely understand she she was not somebody to cast dispersions she was somebody who loved to live in the truth of the moment and she said yes the truth is i am sick and the truth is, I am still teaching. She was teaching the week before she died. Oh my god, I didn't know that. She was still teaching up until the week before. Even the week, like literally, she passed away on uh, a Monday night, t- Monday night, Tuesday morning. She was teaching the week before. Um, because she was not going to let anything like that rule her life. Which is an example that I believe she wanted to set 
not only to her students because she cared so much about her yeah. students, but she cared about living her life. Yeah, I mean, not only that, like, I, I remember, like, she went away for a few weeks when she first got diagnosed, because obviously, you've got to set up chemo and things like that. And I remember the day she came back, because it was like fucking Christmas. We were just all like, did you hear? Did you hear who's here today? Did you hear who showed up? <sighs> it was, um... Yeah, it was an arduous time, but it was so good. I can't remember if I had a class with her or not, because I took her, uh, she only had her intro to voice class and her intermediate voice class. Almost all of us that was in our little area of the theater department took it twice, because you could only take it twice. Uh, No, we, I'm fairly sure we actively tried to take her class as much as we fucking could, because that's just... And, and I also she was took teaching... her, uh, her dialects class, which yeah. helped me. Like, that was another one she offered, and she didn't get to offer it that much. Yeah, you got to take dialects, which made me so fucking mad, because I wanted that one. Because, like, I was already an accent guy, and so that's why I was like, I really want to take that. But I, I can't... I think I had to take some other random elective, and that stopped me from being able to take it. So then I just... It was... Her classes were literally like, oh, she's offering another one? Fuck it. Yeah, I don't care what it is. She could have taught a class on, like, bull insemination. And I'd be like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) I'm going to ace this final. Oh, gosh. I'm even trying to remember. um, Oh, that accent class is doubly, like, sad for me now because um, we had to learn five accents. I can't remember all of them. One of them was RP English, Northern Irish, Russian... Two others I'll probably remember later, but we also had a special project where we had to learn the dialect of one of our classmates and how we talked. Yeah. And my um, partner was um, Calvin. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, he, he, oh, you know, fuck. he was uh, another person we knew pretty well in the theater department, but um, he also unfortunately passed away a few years ago now. Um so I, I had to learn the way that he talks and what his vocal base is. And he had to learn mine. It's great seeing I, him try to talk like me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, ironically enough, another vocal imitation that came out of that class is now a character on JWF. So it that's the dumbest way she lives on. <laughs> He's through... A random accent on a professional wrestling audio drama. Does you know what the funniest thing is? <laughs> no. She never, she never actually taught us how to do a German accent. She just would use it to like kind of help us loosen up a little bit. <laughs> she it would was do just that. like a little bit. It was a little fun that we would do. What was because the, uh, my my German is obviously a very uh, bad one. <laughs> bad one. Yes. Um, she had a lot of bad accents that she would do to help us, like, break into an accent or just it was that relieve one, um, the tension. Oh, shit. Who was it? It was, um, the baking lady. She used to do it so fucking much. Oh, fuck. Um, God. Oh, shit. God, who is the- Julia Child. She would Julia Child every once in a while, and it was so nice, and it was the exact opposite. Now, for me, the class, did you get to take archetypes with me, or did you? were you out of that one? I was not in the uh, class where you focused on archetypes. The actual, the class that I was in, we focused hard on effort actions instead of archetypes, because another thing that she was wonderful at is gauging her class, because she would do, like... A lot of her first half of the semester was throw voice shit at the wall and see what sticks and see who it sticks for. Because I remember her um, in our first intermediate voice class, she said, all right, we're going to try a lot of things. And there was one day that one of these uh, exercises we did really hit me and it was um, something called tremoring. Um, And it's just where you put your body in. A, a the awkward. most uncomfortable position. I before you get into yours, I literally had cramps after mine. And she goes, "Okay, you don't you don't have to do this anymore because you have hurt yourself." Yes, I remember um, going through something similar. But tremoring is you put your 
body in such an awkward place that you literally start shaking in just a resting position. Just the, those tiny little shakes, almost like you're very cold, but it's because you're trying to, like, remain in some type of equilibrium with your body. And that, in an amazing way, almost, really helps unlock, like, all of your breath and the, fa- like, um, and it, release a lot of tension. It's, it's so hard to describe, but by the time I stood well, up from I've got that... A dumb, I've got a dumb way to describe it. Imagine your child locked underneath a car. That's kind of <laughs> what it it is, is you're just in so much pain that you lose sight of all the bullshit happening in your body, and you're just like... Okay, I'm just gonna drop in and hold on for dear fucking life so I don't die. Yeah, and I remember she came up to, you know, several of us afterwards and she said, Yes! You you see, you got it now! You've got it! And she, she went into her, like, high nasal register when she did it, and that was when you knew she was excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, and those were the moments that you're like... Yes, we've both figured something out in this moment, and we were both just so happy. Um, but um, and those are the moments that I will never forget. Now onto the my archetype class, like that was that was impactful for me, not just as like, and not just for me as like an actor, but for me as a human, because that was the big thing she enforced in that was these archetypes will help you while you're acting. You can know to pull from. Uh, and I wish I could remember the names of them, but I'm like the leader, and I know it's not called the Joker, but it is in my the jester. Like pulling from those, or of course her favorite, the crone. You could pull from those and put them into your acting, but you can also the class felt more about like empowering these sides of you you didn't know existed. Because for me, I lived my entire life very much as like the jester as this silly fucking character because I was afraid to live as anything else you know like I was afraid to take a position as a leader I was afraid to take a position as anything other than the jester because that's where I had found most strength and through that class she would look at us and say like no you need to live in all of these archetypes even their dark sides like live in all of them and accept the power they have in you and I remember the first time I realized it worked was um it wasn't called the devil but that's all like that comes to mind when I think of this one yeah. um, but are you trying do you have the I'm archetypes tr- I'm trying up? to find them because there's uh there's a lot of different names because I think there are 12 wow. different archetypes yeah I think there is wow it looks like it just says the devil archetype but I don't think that's what it's called but it was just a very um it, it was a very uh, influential he was very Hold on, I've got it. Oh, he's not on here. It might be a dark side of one of these. Because there were, of course, the 12 archetypes, but then there were the evil sides of them as well. Um, but it was he was very manipulative. He was very slow talking. You could hear uh, every single movement that he made in his voice. He was very, like, to get into the character, she'd be, say, think about your fingers growing and becoming long and beautiful and reach out towards and we would have someone we were doing the archetype towards and basically they'd be like is, was that good was it not good and i remember and tapping she, she would hate 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 if you had the moment after you finish your performance if you looked at her for approval because yeah. it's like don't there's fucking th- 30 other people here who also are judging you look to all of us but um, I, I remember doing that, and then, <laughs> this is so fucking dumb, but I worked at Build-A-Bear Workshop at the time, and we had to sell gift cards, and I was shit at it. And then one day, I embodied this evil ruler archetype, and was like, would you actually like to get a $5 gift? Pay $5, you get a $10 gift card, it's a great deal. And I slipped into that archetype and embraced the power of it, and I started selling more fucking gift cards. And the best part was telling her this story, because 
she would always get excited, even if she didn't exactly understand what she had she done. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told her, I told her that story, and she just looked at me like, "Well, that's good to hear, Scotty. I'm happy you're embracing your archetypes." And I was like, "Thank you." It, it was always the moments that she loved, like when we told her about how we were applying what we learned in class, because yeah. it's, uh, it was always those moments of, you know, I was. And we would always tell her about them because I think it's, that it's that fucking because is... it's so. And I I feel bad for the people listening who haven't taken these kind of classes because we sound like fucking madmen. But mm-hmm. that's what it was. It was something like I said the first semester. Very few of us understood what was going on, but the more you committed and the more you just trusted the process, the more things would unlock within you and. You sound like a crazy person to everybody else except for the 30 fucking people in that room. And you, and so, like, it's almost like, and I, once again, bad fucking example, but anytime I find a sale on video games, I got one person to talk to, and it's you. So I'm just like, fucking Bayonetta, is it good? Like, I'm like, I've got one person to talk to, and so we would all just explode with information when we walked into that room. Yes, and she would always accept it, like, 100%. Like, she was always there with us, um, which is, like, one of the most amazing things, because at the same time, she was also one of the most, imi- like, intimidating people I've ever met. Yes, 100%. 100%. Like, I remember uh, trying to add her on Facebook, and she was like, if you add me, and you do not interact with the things I post... I will delete you. And I was like, what? So now anytime she popped up on my Facebook feed, I'd have to be like, 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 heart, like, like, heart. <laughs> like, I've got to communicate or else I will be shunned. Yeah, because you need to, like, and also the things that she posted were just great. I mean, she was such a wholesome person, honestly. And, like, it, it was, it was almost transcendental experiencing a class with her and somebody like her of her own predicament of her own lifestyle who is willing to teach but also be there for you like imagine if professor trelawney wasn't crazy as shit and everything she said actually makes sense and she loved everyone that's her that's marlene yeah she loved everyone but she was willing to come down on them if they were not willing to learn. Like, there were many examples, and some, you know, I I think it was harder for her to teach with her style than others, um, I will say, but for the people that it resonated with, which was so many of us, like, it is something that will never go away, because she, she was very, um, oh, what's the word? She was... She was very blunt about her teaching style. 100%, like, nothing held back. And it's like, you take it or leave it. It is what we're doing today and what we're learning. She'd talk shit on other teachers, too. She'd be like, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. I know what the fuck's going on. You just trust Marlene. And I'm like, yes, I do. Of my (laughs) Don't listen to him. I love him so much. I love her so much. No. Me. <laughs> Just don't do it. Listen. And I was like, yes, I will. Cause like and that I is said, why they all asked her to consult on the shows yeah. that they were doing. Because she she understood how to connect to the students on a very different plane. And a, a, all of the professors understood how to connect to some of their students. Yeah. She was trying to find a way to connect to all of them. It didn't always work, but... For so many of us, it did, and that's why we remember her so fondly. I mean, I've got... When she passed, I was sitting there like, how how do I process this? And so, like, firstly, I do... We brought up Crone Archetype, and I just looked it up, and this is probably the best description of her I've ever read, which is a pre-existent form in the collective unconscious that embodies instinctive ways of channeling wisdom, inner knowing, and intuition, guiding us through the transition of life and going inward to bring forth the light for transformation. Fuck. Fuck. Oh, that's... Okay, I need to breathe through that one. 
Um, oh, but I found a uh, Irish prayer for the departed that I do want to read, and that that will wreck us. Okay, can we save that till the end? Yeah, um, although I, I do enjoy this one, which is an Irish toast, and it's not like for a wake or anything, but it's my favorite toast of all time, and it's may those who love us love us, and those who don't love us, may God turn their hearts. And if he doesn't turn their hearts, may he turn their ankles, so we'll know them by their limping. That, honestly, is something that can easily be said about her that I'm almost positive she would say (laughs) to herself as a toast. Because (laughs) if there was one thing that we did not get to see anywhere near as much of that I wish we did, it is that personal side of her that was not the teacher, that was not the professor. Oh, no, no, no. Like, once once her students reached 21, it was fucking all out. She was like, hey, we're going getting to... I can't remember because I was reading through everybody who posted on her wall just reminiscing. And someone was like, yeah, when I turned 21, you were the first person to buy me a drink. And I'm like, holy fuck. Yes. That is awesome. She would love to take her advanced students that could drink, or not even, out to a... Uh, a bar and grill in town that sadly no longer exists. Oh, no. Um, But, uh, and she loved this place. It it was a live music venue. You could just sit. If you had a big group of people, they'd give you the big table up at the top, and you just get to talk about shit. Like, in a a very uh, casual sense, which is not something you could get while in the school setting. And she was one of those that is that was willing to do that for her students because she'd gotten to know them well enough that she's like, all right, you are you you can now like we can now share our personal lives alongside this. Yeah. Um, and we get to just talk about our shit. And I never I I was straight edge all through college, so I never actually got to enjoy a drink with her, which is why. Uh, I did break my fast tonight to have uh, a glass of whiskey with her because I feel like I feel like she's here. I feel like both of us have that hand on our back being like, if you fuck up your voice during this, I will. End-. Especially me. She's, she's just sitting here like, I hear how you open this show every fucking week. You better fucking have your back. You better have your power pack and breath ready, motherfucker, or else you're going to fuck up your voice. I can also imagine that while she she is while you are channeling what she would say in your words, she would be putting her face in her palm and smiling. <laughs> um, because with, that is what she would say in so many words. Glass of wine, massive glass of wine in her hand, and she she loved her wine. That is one of the greatest things that like. It, I wish I loved wine more so I could talk to it about her, like, talk to her about it, but, um, it, it, it was just amazing to get to see so many aspects of a person because at first they were your professor. There was, like, a wall. There was a barrier. Yeah. But she was one of the first ones to break that down for me and say, we have to be more than that. For you to learn from my class, we actually have to be people, and we have to be friends. She was a mentor, like, full on. Like, because, like, I think teacher-student doesn't put enough on what she did. Like, it, it was, I mean, like I just said with Crone, she was a conduit. She was a conduit to us gaining access to who we truly needed to be. Like, and I feel like that was true of all of our teachers. Like, all of them really wanted us to become who we were supposed to be. Like, one of my favorite things that ever happened was with one, with our acting teacher, Dennis, where one day you walked up to him and it said, oh yeah, me and Scott are planning on playing D&D soon. And he just looked at you and said, I'm so happy you both stopped trying to be cool. And I was like... <laughs> And I have taken that through my life ever since is like, don't fucking try to be cool because you're not gonna, you're gonna fucking fail at it. And that is, uh, that is what I respect about our friendship because we often do ridiculous shit like your unicorn onesie, which is great, but it is right up there or me 
playing so much D&D that I had a game tonight before we recorded. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's just, you, you lean into the things that you enjoy and you don't worry about other people's preconceived notions about what you do because other people have tried to give me shit before and I'm like, you know what? You tried it. You might actually like it because those are always the people that I'm like, I know where you're holding something in because I used to hold something in like that. And I'm not better for them because of that, but I know that you are there in some ways, but like if you ever wanted to, we're good. We're weird. Cool. Because I want you and me to just be here in the moment and just and that have, is kind of what she taught me and just have joy relentlessly and don't let your life be held back by fear because like like you said those classes while they were life-changing they were intimidating as fuck so like uh, she would be like okay who wants to go first on this monologue and we'd all be frozen in our chairs because we're like at Eventually, like, once the time got that we got to advanced classes, we finally were like, yeah, fuck it, let's all go up at once, I don't care. But before that, it was so much that we were, like, almost, like you said, worried about the expectation, and then finally she'd be like, don't look at me, I don't, it's not me you need to worry about, it's you, it's, uh, do you think you did a good fucking job or not? I also, because, like I said earlier, we used to take her intermediate class twice, because that yeah. second time around for us was the, the advanced version. Because she knew we took it before. And she'd always ask, you took, you've taken this class before, right? And, and if you said yes, you knew what you were in <laughs> for. Then because she'd be like, fuck it, you're leading today. You're leading the class now. She would do that. She absolutely did that. And um, when you got to that point where you had taken it so many times... You felt the energy in the room. All the people that have not taken this before, this is their first time, and you're going to stand up and say to everyone else, it's okay. We've all been through this before. She has been through this hundreds of times. We're going to make it through this together. And that is every day. Because she would sometimes teach three-hour-long classes. Yeah. And we'd just be like, when will it be over? And she's like, when I say it is. Well, that's the thing. I never wondered when it would be over. It would just always be over when, when it was over because this was a class where you were active and you were doing something for that entire time because she, like, you would put your phone up. You would put yeah. all of your belongings up, you know, in, in the audience seating and you would sit out on stage and just do the work with the rest of the class. And time would be almost non-existent while you were in there. Yeah, I mean, like, no, you're, it was a hyperbolic motherfucking time shaver to a point where, like, there'd be most classes in college, I have to expect from most people, is like, God, I got this up next, I got, this was the one class a week where we were like, ah, fuck, I needed this, I needed just to, also, I did just remember, I think, I don't know if a tear came out, but I did get close to crying once, but it wasn't because of her teaching. It was because one day we were all sitting, laying down, doing our warm-up, and someone near me, and I think I might have been in um, crow pose, if that, that's what it's called, right? Where your knee is in front of you and you're opening up your hip? A poli- Pigeon. Pigeon. Well, that that's something, like, your hips are really where a lot of your emotions are held, and so once you unlock those emotions come out. And so I did it at the same time I could hear uh, one of our one of our fellow students was humming a lullaby to herself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because I couldn't remember like my parents singing lullabies to me. I just started fucking like, I'm a die. I'm a fucking die here. I'm a cry. Um yeah, we we had a lot of moments like that, especially when somebody open something up yeah and they released some tension or something that they've been holding in whether it be physical or mental for a long time we would just have a lot of like and that was moments that was fucking weekly like no doubt yeah because somebody would always find something different about themselves because we all hold all of that shit in different places yeah i mean like theater 
the theater class wasn't how to be an actor. It was how to be a fucking person. It was realize shit about yourself and either come to live with it or figure out how to hold yourself in a way where that becomes no longer a problem. Hey, do you know why? Because you know what the fucking people in plays are, buddy? Dogs. They're dogs. They're dogs. They're dogs. No, they're people. They're fucking people. Even when they're cats, they're people. People. They're always people. Um, All right. Um. Well, I don't. I don't want to fucking end this with a bunch of plugs. But where can people find you on the internet? You're gonna read that prayer, though, right? Yeah. No, that's the end. Okay. That's gonna be because I will be fucking wrecked because I've already read ahead. You can find me at Blake A Tanner on the Twitter, though I barely use it. You can find me on the Darkroom Vidya at YouTube, though I'm barely on it. But you can really always find me here on the BS Network, doing this show weekly, where it is a gaggle and a cavalcade of goofs and fun times. But sometimes we need to release two. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and you could. Yeah, that's you could you, you could find me at Scottymo S C O T T Y E M O, and you could find all the shows at a load of pure BS dot com. And now, um, and now a toast to oh, Marlene. also special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for our theme song, Ric Flair from Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. I can't leave them out this week. Now on and, to our toast, uh, a toast to Marlene Johnson. Do you? Do you, I assume you just also have bourbon? I, I'm empty, but I'm gonna pretend. No, fucking fill her up. I'll cut. I'll cut. Like, come on. Hold on. All right, you fi- you, you filled up. Yeah, I'm ready. Not, not none of that cheap shit, right? Like she deserves better. I got the makers right here. <laughs> okay. Makers forty six. Thank you. All right. To Marlene, death is nothing at all. I have only slipped away to the next room. I am I, and you are you. Whatever we were to each other, that we still are. Call me by my old familiar name. Speak to me in the easy way which you always used. Put no difference in your tone. Wear no forced air of solemnity or sorrow. Laugh as we always laughed at the little jokes we enjoyed together. Play, smile, think of me, pray for me. Let my name be ever the household word that it always was. Let it be spoken without effect, without the trace of a shadow on it. Life means all that it ever meant. It is the same that it ever was. There is absolute unbroken continuity. Why should I be out of mind because I am out of sight? I am but waiting for you, for an interval. Somewhere very near, just around the corner. All is well. Nothing is past, nothing is lost. One brief moment, and all will be as it was before, only better, infinitely happier, and forever. To Marlene. To Marlene. <laughs>